here we go, episode six, so I should have the intro down by now. You're listening to Curves and Conversation, a not-safe-for-work podcast about sexy sides of art. I'm your host, Emmy, like the letters M-E, and today we're having a conversation with Nemi03, or 303. 303? Is that it? Yes, sir. Okay, excellent. I don't want to mess that up, and I pronounce that right, I hope. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All right, so off to a good start. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello, my name is Nemi303. I'm just an artist, and I create a lot of things. That is an excellent introduction. So this is a, a unique podcast in the fact that um, you came to me, actually, and said there were a lot of things that you wanted to discuss uh, community-wise, art community-wise, Mm-hmm. Not safe for community wise, mm-hmm. so it's very broad. So I'm I'm guessing that you could just start on what was on the forefront of your mind when you wanted to speak, and then we can just jump off from there. Oh well, <laughs> just like granted that was about two weeks ago, so it's like it's not exactly <laughs> fresh in my head. But uh, I will say, um, one of the things that always I, I'm I'm going to start off slow and build up because it's like if I just start throwing the hard points out, it's kind of like whoa overload. So okay, um, I'll start off simple. Um, one of the things that I've always seen in the community is a lot of potential, and then a lot of potential not being realized. If that makes sense, you know. Okay. Like I spy, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of great artists that come all, that come across my dashboard every single day and i just look at them and i'm just i look at them and i'm in, in awe of what they can create and how inspiring they are you know it's mm-hmm. honestly i'll be perfectly honest about 80 percent of the stuff i come up with is inspired by something else it's just um it's just like i see it i see it and i say i can interpret that a different way mm-hmm. you know and i interpret it and um it's like it, it's like it's just kind of it's just kind of how i function you know i i genuinely it sounds weird but i feed off of you know <laughs> of uh off the world around me you know oh i understand it's like everything that. everything that uh that i see it inspires me um on the uh like um one of the one of the things um how do i say this how do one of the things i've noticed namely like i said potential and potential not being realized is i often will see well, I'll, I I also read what artists say, you know, because okay. it's, it always gives me an insight as to what the artist is thinking. And um, aside, cutting out all of the Twitter drama and stuff, because nobody wants to read that. Mm-hmm. Every so often, something will come across the dashboard where an artist will almost lament about what they draw and their desire to draw something else, but they don't do it because they fear that their audience won't like it. Oh, yeah. You that, know? Running that all the time. And that's that's kind of silly because well i say silly but because i'm kind of finding out the hard way but uh for a lot of for a lot of artists it it's it's it, it, this is what makes it kind of sad because they will hold off of drawing something that they want to instead of drawing what's popular and then they will end up in a world where they become almost disillusioned with what they draw and even though their content is phenomenal you know yes and when that happens their content starts to suffer and it's like it's like on the way to complacency and then eventual apathy and death you know uh, metaphorical of course but it's like it, it and this is and this is what i mean it's like by all means if you're going to do something if you want to draw something that's different especially when it comes to if you're in well entrenched in you know the fetish and you know big breast art then you know sort of try to uh put a little bit in with each one and you know and and grow it that way you know that way you get your practice in that way you get to satisfy your audience and that way you get to see your potential you know you get to realize your own potential but i see i see so many artists just afraid to actually do it because they're afraid of losing their following um which is kind of unique to me because i feel like I, i'll be perfectly honest i'm just kind of, kind of like somewhere on the smaller side of of the uh of the whole grand sphere because um are like, you? I, mean, I feel I, like I, you've I, been around for a long time i have uh i've been active since 2007 but that's 13 is, years boss <laughs> yeah it is it is but here's the thing um 
like my engagement is is rather low like like between between well you and me and the audience uh, <laughs> between you the, and me uh, currently <laughs> the uh the engagement on my content is exceptionally low compared to and that's like you know before i even finish that sentence you never compare yourself to other artists because that's just the fastest way to just burning yourself out mm-hmm. but i mean in regards to engagement you know it's like people seem to look at my stuff briefly for like one second and they're just done with it like i don't get i if i often joke with my with the with a few of my friends and i point out i say to them it's like i probably have like maybe 12 maybe 13 people that actually you know comment on my work and it's um and even then i have even less people that actually um like retweet or retweeted or anything like that you know or post it elsewhere, you know, or tag me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't get a lot of engagement. But I mean, that's that's not really what I'm here for anyway. But it's um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt me to get my stuff promoted, you know. Yeah. Um. So it's like people talk. So people do. Um. People say that. Like I've had like two people come up to me and say I was their favorite artist, and I looked them dead in the eye. Well, <laughs> you know the uh, the meme. You know, you serious. You know, I yeah. was just kind of like, that's a pretty good JJ right there. You're it's like you're pretty. Um, you're uh, it's like you are you are having me on. You know, I'm just kind of like, are you serious about that? Because I don't get um, like, I I just kind of like, what have I actually done that would, you know, lament that sort of thing? Because um, you know, I see my artwork, and all I see when I look at my own artwork is. Here's what I can do. Like, let me try to do this better next time. You know, each each piece I do, I look at it when it's finished. I say, that looks nice. Now let's do better next time. You know, that looks all right. That looks better next time. But then the majority of it is that's terrible. Do better next time. You know, so <laughs> that's kind of where I where I live. So when people say that I was I was well, I say people when those two people said I was their favorite artist, I just said I I don't. It's like I don't believe you. It's like with, like with the, no no disrespect, but it's like I do not believe you. I mean, I can so, I could see you being a lot of people's favorite artists. You you do yeah, very good it, work. But it's um, but I uh, I just don't I just don't get that engagement. You know, it's like uh, so it's um, it's hard for me to actually tell. So as a result, I just kind of live in this world of. I mean, I'll make stuff and some people will like it, so that's good enough. But as long as I, um, so long as I just keep pushing myself to actually improve, then I'll be all right, you know. Um, I uh, like. Uh, where, what, where was I going with that? I was saying, um, I, I don't get the, I don't really get as much engagement as people might think, you know. It's like I would uh, strongly encourage, you know, anyone who. Anyone who wants to say something, say something. You know, I don't bite. I won't bite your head off. You know, uh, but um, to kind of get back to my original point about potential, uh, one of the like this is I'm going to tell you a little bit of my own story, okay. my own development, really, because I I started drawing, like I I I remember saying in my head I would like to draw uh, when I was about three or four years old, right? Um, I didn't know what I wanted to draw. I just wanted to draw, you know. Right. Uh, I got more focused um, probably about whenever I was probably about when I was eight to ten, somewhere in there, because that was the first time I. Well, let me let me let me kind of pull it back there. <laughs> I th- I knew there was something I really liked about the female form. Okay. Uh, because God, this is this would be ninety seven, ninety eight. But whenever, um, whenever, because uh, there you're, there used to be talk shows on TV. I don't know how old you are, but it's like there used to be old enough. huge talk show. <laughs> yeah, there used to be talk shows on TV. And one day I was sick and I was home home alone, and I was just going through going through you know daytime television at the time because let's face it, the internet really wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. But uh, and uh, a talk show called. Uh, Jenny Jones came on and I was ex- pretty much exposed to uh, several big bus performers of the 90s. We'll say that, you know, for the sake of, um, you know, being safe for work. We'll say big bus performers. <laughs> uh, and 
I just remember being about eight or nine years old saying, it's bizarre seeing this, you know, because like in my mind, I, I sort of always like, I, it's like, you didn't know what you wanted to see until you saw it. You know, it's like, I always knew there was something I was looking at. I couldn't, I could never figure it out, you know, Yes. whenever I was a kid. But when I first saw them on stage, it was like, I understand now, you know, um, and then shortly after that, again, God shows you how old I am. The, uh, like we had cable, but because, uh, it was new to the area. Like we did, we got like half the cable channels, right? Okay. Uh, essentially. So I never got to see cartoon network, um, until shortly before we moved out of that apartment. And that was the first time I was, I saw, I saw anime, you know, for the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, Shout out to Toonami. Mm-hmm, yeah. Toonami was the jam. And, uh, at that time it was, cause like all my cousins and friends, they talked about Dragon Ball Z. I'd never seen it before. That was my <laughs> first time seeing it. And it was somewhere, I want to say, I think it was somewhere towards the end of Goku versus Vegeta just before they got to Namek, you know? Oh yeah. What a good art. Somewhere Somewhere, uh, yes, let me write. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between there, and I was watching. I saw it. Uh, after that, uh, Toonami had Gundam Wing, which was again awesome show. Uh, and then I want to say, just before we moved out of that apartment, um, they had two other shows. One being Outlaw Star and uh, Tenchi Moyo. And uh. when I was watching. <laughs> I know, right? Those are the jams. Those are the um, jams. So, I, so uh, but, like, again, I was the last kid to ever see Star Wars in my group, too. So <laughs> so I, I discovered my love of space, and it's like, so when I saw Outlaw Star, I was like, this is awesome. I, I fell in love with Asia. Then Tenchi Muyo came along, also deals with a lot of space, and then I met, and I saw Ryoko, and I was like, I know what I'm, I know what I'm looking for. I know the, so, Basically, Jenny Jones combined with Toonami <laughs> kind of pushed me further in this direction. And I was just like, because I'll be perfectly honest, I didn't, I had, I had uh, very few friends. And, um, but of the, uh, of the friends I had, they lived far away. So I never got to see them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when you're nine and 10 years old, you just can't walk to your friend's house when they live in another neighborhood. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it depends on your parents. But, um, but I was, uh, so I was just kind of left alone to my own devices. And, um, like the kids, like, let me put this away. The kids that were friends with my sister, they, um, they, I was too weird for them. So they didn't, they didn't talk with me. They just kind of, uh, <laughs> cast me out. You know, that's how kids are. You know, if you don't fit yeah. in with the tribe and you're kicked out. So I was just left to my own devices and I just remembered way back to that first thing, that first thought I had, like when I was like three or four, I want to draw. So I just kept drawing. Um, of course, at the time, um, I was like, I was intimidated by anime style, you know, Yeah. I was too intimidated to actually draw it. So I stuck with what I knew, which was, and you can already guess what it is, Sonic. So I drew (laughs) Sonic Sonic OCs. It's every every episode. (laughs) single one, it's a Sonic OC. And I was like, yep. And so, so I had, so I had that, um. Well, mainly because at the time, while everyone else was, you know, learning about the wonders of Hyrule with uh, um, Ocarina of Time and Mario and Star Fox, I had a Sega Genesis. So uh, uh, all I could do was play Sonic 3 and Knuckles all the time. <laughs> but that's still, that is still the best Sonic game. Let's be perfectly honest. It actually is the best one. It ha- It's like all the levels are fun. There's different difficulties. Well, like diversity when it comes to design. It it's it, and also an easy difficulty. It is an excellent you know? game. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's it's pretty <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I was like, I play that all the time. But that's like, but that was just kind of so. Of course, that's Sonic was what I knew. You know, so that's why I started with Sonic OCs just because of that. Um, but shortly after we moved out of that apartment, and I uh, and I started watching more and more Toonami. Um, I uh, I I started getting a bit more confidence, a bit more, you know. I said, I bet I can draw these styles, and you know, when you first start with anything, you're terrible. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But um, in fact, um, 
like I actually found I found a lot of my older artwork and I just redrew them just to show the difference. Um, in fact, there's like there's one on my Twitter somewhere about uh, somewhere in like 2003 when I drew, first drew this and then I redrew it now. It's like it's night and day difference. But the thing is, the point is you never stop drawing. You just don't. Um, but kind of going back to where I got my inspiration. Uh, as I was sort of in this area, I um, I sort of like something sort of um, like clicked in my head and I realized I was still holding back on something, you know, something that okay. just like something that just didn't really make a lot of sense. The um, like uh, it, it was like I knew I wanted to draw something, but I was just afraid to draw it. And um, ugh, freaking MTV at the time, this was like, this is the turn of the millennium, you know, 2000, just before 2001. Mm-hmm. And MTV was, was just high on the, uh, high on that um, uh, new millennium stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, it's, they, it's such an easy aesthetic to visualize, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission and, Impossible 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a, uh, God, the first Spider-Man too. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you, you got me going thinking back there for a second. But they had a a special that they were talking about. Uh, it was called, uh, of all things, basically Sex 2K is what it was called. And the whole thing was about strange and odd fetishes. And then one that came up that really caught my eye was one about furries. Hmm. And Jeez, I wonder how that. I wonder. <laughs> it's like shocking, yeah. hmm. but I, uh, but I remember just being. I think I was about eleven at the time, and I was just like, "This is so bizarre," because the because it was like because the drawings were essentially cartoon animals, um, well, but but you know, sexualized. You know, all the stuff that I was that I may have been thinking. You know, yeah. Uh, but it's like I never knew what I wanted until I saw it. You know, that's kind of it was that all over again. And I was just like, after that, I just kind of, I started uh, searching it up. You know, the problem is I didn't have a computer, so I had to be really careful, you know, of when I looked for it, because <laughs> it's like, otherwise I'd get people in a lot of trouble. Using the library? But, um, <laughs> uh-huh. It was like, that was the thing. I just kind of had to s- sneak it by or find the computer that was in the corner, you know, by a window or something. It's like, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting, you know. When you decide that you want to look at something you tend to just find your way to it you know it's just kind of like it's weird how that works um but uh the thing the thing that really uh, i mean it kind of pretty much the rest is kind of history at that point yeah. you know i didn't really start posting my artwork until i was about 16 and even then it was really it was really like hit or miss you know it's like like um the stuff that you took a picture well picture of you know because you didn't have a scanner and yeah. you're just kind of like it, it basically basically the bottom tier deviant art stuff you know is what i was kind of at um that's where everybody seems to start mm-hmm. um and, and there's nothing wrong with that of course you're at the beginning mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to ask because you you mentioned the very, first thing we talked about was like a waste of potential sort of being trapped in uh the the fetish you know the mm-hmm. kind of things that you're creating Mm-hmm. Losing fans, it's a, it's a it's a big deal to like a lot of artists. A lot of artists think yeah, about it, like, you know. Yeah, I don't, and I won't ever, you know, like discount anyone for feeling that way because it's a, you know, it does kind of feel like you're falling out of favor, and it can. And if you're, let me put it this way: if you're not prepared for it, then it can really take you by surprise. Yeah, and it's, it can, it's um, tough. Mm-hmm. And it's like again, I'll never ever like speak ill of somebody who feels that way if they do lose followers because, you know, I don't know how they think. You know, it's like I don't know what they've been brought up uh, to, or I don't know how they've been brought up. I don't know. It's like so, who am I to really you know judge them on that? I was just kind of making the point of it's it's um it's a it's like it's a it's a very like difficult decision to make. You know. Because if you want to, because if you find yourself like falling out of, falling out of love with something, you're just like, do I risk doing the thing that I want to do? You know, it's um. Oh, absolutely. 
you see that a lot with a lot of people who change careers, especially late in life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of the same same thing, especially whenever you're dealing with something that's very lucrative, something that's giving you a lot of income, you know? Now, the that's idea. that's a big – oh, man. I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's really huge. So I, I can use me sort of as a personal example here. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of live-action um, stuff, a lot, a lot of live-action expansion uh, photography and videos made props that was really my main thing and having to change course i mean a lot of a lot of people don't they don't they don't stick around <laughs> yo i you know that's the thing is um you know that's the thing and it's like uh, i'll i'll kind of go uh grow uh, i'll kind of add to that you see like my parents they were divorced you know and my dad was very very much absent Mm. but like he 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 like he he did care about me you know it's like it's not like oh no your dad you know and stuff it's like no my dad he just he was just trying to figure out how to be a parent you know it's like i mean who can blame him but one thing yeah there's no manual exactly one thing he pointed out to me though later on in life is that he said never be afraid of failing you know and it's like even we're not because he told me that when I was probably in my 20s, mind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, he said it and it did kind of resonate with me because it's like, if you're going to fail, then fail, but don't stay in the failure, you know? It's like, it's, uh, see what happened, see what uh, happened, and then just try to let's put it this way try to fail gracefully you know if there's anything else is like to the point where you can actually recover from it you know but it's um but it's like if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you know it's like you you really can't tell what people will like you can't it's like you can gauge a possible response but it could be completely different than what you were expecting you know and you have to kind of accept that when it comes to you know innovating and doing what you what you desire, you know, right? You, a, th- a thing people don't realize. Um, I, I don't want to make it a into a meaningless platitude, so I'll try to add a little more to that. Is that nobody sees all of the all of the failures? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. They they see the end result, and nobody nobody gets there automatically. It takes tons and tons of trial and error to mm-hmm. get to a point where you're you're efficient enough to be considered good yeah and i can uh, just like a freaking if i posted every single sketch that i did uh, i could fill a tome of a, <laughs> like a tome sized book there's so many pieces of artwork that i just do not post because um this is kind of this kind of like i said all that stuff at the beginning because it's kind of laying the foundation um the uh one thing that i've been going through is uh because it goes right back to you know the big boob community the fetish you know community all that stuff right excuse me um but the the thing that i get well something something sort of occurred to me within probably the last five years and there was something that i was like something is wrong you know it's like i'm not getting as much joy out of this as as I feel I should be, you know? Okay. And I was like, I'm noticing like, and the, it, it, this, this is just kind of how I operate anyway, in general. Cause I've done it with, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, even whenever I was an adult at work at times. And I would just say, it seems like everybody else seems to be getting this, but there's something that I'm missing, you know? And, and the thing is I would draw, like I would draw, character after character after character after character after character but very few of them really stuck with me and i was just kind of at at some point i ended up here with probably over a hundred ocs and i was just like almost none of them are really standing out to me you have a ton of characters uh yeah yeah as a a result i'm kind of doing a little bit of an audit on myself right now but uh but the thing is i was i was like something was going on like essentially there was an oc that would be like the flavor of the month and then uh they would disappear you know yeah and that was kind of how that's kind of how it would work uh and i was like something is off it's like i and i and i just kind of looked at my you know at myself at where i was in my life at the time and there were 
And then we're seeing, again, there's potential, but there's also potential not being realized, you know? It's like, that was, what I, I looked at myself and was seeing that, you know? And when I got to that point, I was like, I'm starting to see sort of a pattern. And it was the thing, it was, and I, like, and I, and I, I promise to you and to everyone else who's listening, I do not mean to sound critical, but a lot of the pieces that I was seeing was, here's a girl, here's her big boobs, you know, here's, here's the fan service, and then that was the end of the image. You know, yeah. and I was, and I would just get to an image, and I would say, I mean, okay, that's fine, but you know what else? You know, and I kept, I found, I real, I didn't realize I was saying that until, again, like the better part of maybe five years ago. You know, so it took me a while, um, but I was saying, like, I was saying there, like, based because I would hear the artists talk about their OCs, right? Yes, you know, and the character that they were describing was not the character that they were drawing. Yes. You know, and I was going, it's like, if you would try to draw your character doing what you're saying that they are doing, then it would, they would be so much better. You know, I would never say this to any of the artists up front because, you know, again, I, I'm just <laughs> a random rules. person on the internet, <laughs> just kind of walk up, you know, you're not realizing your full potential. It's like, God, don't be, don't be an asshole. You know, <laughs> don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I would never say that, but it's one thing I would always notice in my, in cause Listen, nobody really knows what's going up upstairs in my head, but at the same time, that's just some of the stuff I'm able to pull out, you know, extrapolate. Um, that's so, a pretty powerful observation, I think. So it was so, and I and that's when I looked, and this is when this is kind of what started my huge character audit. Was I was looking at characters and I was saying, okay, what did what was I thinking when I designed this character, and can I use this for? Uh, any type of narrative, you know, that was kind of how I was working. As a result, so many characters changed in appearance, so many characters got more detail, and as I build their detail, they they almost grow to become something more, you know. So as a result, I said, okay, so here's the story that I want to tell, and I can actually use the this section of characters to tell this story, and then I can use this these sets this set of characters to draw this other part of a story. So essentially the story itself becomes the character, you know, and each one of them are playing a part and they change and become something beyond just being, you know, a piece, a piece of uh, uh, fetish art, but don't get me wrong. They're still going to be built. You know, they, they, they may just be shifted a little, if that makes sense, you yes. know? So, so that so that's so that was one project that I'm still doing. I'm still heavily under work uh, uh, working on. Uh, I mean, but um, I think it's a good project. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> sounds like something that's worth doing. Definitely. Um, I, I wanted to sort of pick up on a on a point that you made about mm -hmm. what else when it comes to describing a, a character and then drawing uh, the mm -hmm. the lc in that situation it, it's it's kind of hard it seems for for people to act narratively uh, I, I commission a a lot of a lot of artwork ton of artwork mm -hmm. so much artwork so uh, an advantage of that i think is that i really have a lot of time to think uh, about what i want and mm -hmm. then have that be created but when it comes to personal ocs it's it's a little different it seems mm -hmm. it's mostly just about uh, getting, you know, getting getting the views rather than telling the story. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're drawing something, how do you how do you convey uh, the personality of the OC in in an artwork? Oh, you're asking me. I am asking you. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's easy. Draw their background, and I mean, it, this is this is good. I it, like. I, it may sound like I'm being kind of callous about it, but this is one thing I've been practicing is when you actually draw an environment and then place your OC in it, then you start to, you start to see their world, if that makes sense. You know, you start to see their environment and what they're actually doing. And it's like, it's, it's so bizarre. Uh, for me, it was like flipping a switch because whenever I actually practice drawing perspective and then I drew a character in that perspective, I was like... I could put so much stuff in this image, so much stuff that shows what kind of character this is, 
and they don't have to do anything. They could just be sitting down, studying, reading a book, but just by their environment, I can convey exactly what's going on. Is it late at night? Is it in the morning? Um, is it? Are they cooking in the kitchen? Are they cleaning? All these things help to refine the character, and it was like, it was something that I had discounted for so many years that I'm almost kicking myself for not practicing drawing backgrounds sooner. So, <laughs> it's like, the problem, the, the downside to, it, at least for me, is it takes a lot more time. And yeah. if you don't have the attention span, then it can be like murder on your mind because you're like, I want to draw something else, but it's like, no, the character's character is important. You have to do it. It's like, put something else, please. It's like, no, you have to focus. So it's like, you're kind of of two minds of it at the time. So if you can make yourself laugh, though, when you do it, then it becomes a bit easier, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Having a big world, because mm -hmm. now now we sort of open up here. Mm -hmm. The OCs are normally pretty easy to design. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to discount OC design. It, it takes work. People who are making adoptable constantly. It's it's a mm -hmm. lot to think about. But the universe they exist in, the world they exist in, the, the city mm -hmm. they live in, uh, all of that is background information. So unless mm -hmm. your OC is sort of like in modern day. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to pool situations that would that would make for interesting artwork. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have any sort of advice for that when it comes to that? For like for non-modern stuff? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so for it, this is this is kind of where where it it really does pay just just kind of observe different different fiction, mm -hmm. you know, because um uh cuz again, as artists, we get inspired by everything, you know. Even when we don't even think we're being inspired, we'll get inspired, you know? Like, we could watch something that's absolutely terrible, and we'll just, in our mind, be going, that could have been done better. And then just by saying that, thinking that, your your mind can go off on a tangent. But um, for uh, for characters, like, especially if you're doing, like, sci-fi or fantasy or hell, uh, hells, um, steampunk, dieselpunk, uh, retrofuturism, anything, you know, um, you, is like, it's very, it's a, it's you can you can actually do um a lot just by searching up like um items that people used of of an era that you're taking inspiration for like oh. look up fashion like if you're going to do like a steampunk era which steampunk usually takes place in what would be the industrial revolution so about the 18 1870s to about early 1900s you know just kind of broad area right uh well, even to a point where you might even take over uh, First World War. So, look up um, something as simple as fashion, or used a, or uh, or weapons, or or modern for, or well that era form of transportation, and then you can start to see um, what people would have used, and then you can just sort of like build on it yourself. Um, I like I'm actually doing that for one of my one of my other projects, um, but it's like the idea is just to kind of look up something something old uh and then take a little bit of inspiration say i can dress this here i can move this here i can move this here and then suddenly you have a, a uniform an outfit that looks that's that's clearly inspired by something of an era but it's different enough to the point where it look it stands out you know um yes. and uh and so you could do that you could you could in fact you could study um <laughs> in fact you could even study something as simple as dinosaurs and then you could say how would if if people were living in, um, let's say in like the mid eighteen hundreds, right? Say dinosaurs never went extinct, and we and history progressed exactly as it did, but we still had dinosaurs around. You know, how would people, you know, interact uh, with dinosaurs? Interact with dinosaurs, yeah. And then suddenly, you your your mind can just you're like, okay, so I imagine a more passive one. They might ride around because they're big and they can you know carry a lot of stuff. So it's like here's a saddle. And then it's like it's a big saddle, so it's like maybe we have like different loops or stuff to hang goods and stuff off. And then you have like this big old trundling like a triceratops with like all these like uh, wares dangling from it. As a salesperson uses it to travel to, from town to town to sell things, you know. And it's like it's weird how it just sort of how it just sort of comes comes out of it, you know. It's like yeah, you can create a whole uh, a mm -hmm. whole a whole narrative based off mm -hmm. of that. That's that's actually. Mm -hmm. It, it, that reminds me of a of a TED talk where the guy was teaching you how to write a story by writing a story live. That's what you just did. Yeah, and it's uh, 
but that's but that's the um that's the gist of it is that uh is that and this this is like a little just a little a little uh point a uh, little moment on this point I'm going to just go to get away from it I okay. feel a lot of us who went to public public school got that beat out of us essentially you know it's like because when we're little kids, our imaginations run wild. But after we go through school, a lot of our imaginations get tempered, if not removed almost completely, you know? So I feel like rediscovering that sort of sense of wonder is what will reactivate it, you know? Once, you, once you're able to say, what did I enjoy when I was younger? You know, you could just sort of pull from that and it could just sort of reawaken everything. And you're like there's my well of inspiration. That's where it all is. It's still here. I just haven't given it as much attention. And it's like, and then if you recognize it, you can build it, you know, make up for lost time. That's just a means of, um, you know, getting your creative spark back. You know, it's like, it's, um, it's difficult, but once you get it, it works, you know? Uh, I really like that question. What did I enjoy when I was younger? That's a good, that's a great, that's a great question. <laughs> really, really, I, yeah, makes you think. I don't talk to a lot of people, so I have a lot of time to think to myself. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where, that's why I said earlier. I said I, that's why I was like, okay, if you're gonna, if uh, I would like to come on, um, but if you do talk to me, I warn you, I can talk for a while. So I'm <laughs> just letting you know. Make sure you have time. So that's why that's why I said you know because I don't. It's like. Uh, I have very few friends that I actually speak to, mm. and um, and it's a. Uh, but even then, you know, I don't ever want to impede on what they're doing because they. Some of them tell me it's like, it's like I'm all right with talking with you. It's just uh, when I talk to you, I can't really focus on anything else because, and so as a result, like I have to be very careful about when I can talk to you. It's like, oh, you're yeah. so polite. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's like it's like I get it. It's like yeah, you know, sometimes I can be a little distracting, and I I, I don't mean to be, because it's like as far as I'm concerned, people should be able to, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like white noise for some people, but, um, but yeah, that was a that's just kind of where that goes. I was um, uh, to to kind of go get back to um. Like I, I keep trying to refocus back to because like because <laughs> other artists that I see is um like I said though they will speak almost volumes of information about their OC but whenever you see their OC it's just big boobs cleavage she's in fan service pose and then that's it and yeah it's like this is this kind of goes back to about you know potential not being realized it says if you just just try to draw one of the items that she says that she likes doing, you know? Right. It could be something as simple as um, blowing bubbles or um, or walking along the beach, you know? It's like... Um, it's like, you'd be surprised how well it can convey... Um, it can convey a message to the, uh, to the audience. Um, also, one thing I would like to tell artists, especially big boob artists... Um, Never underestimate the power of full clothing. <laughs> it's like, hmm. I kid you not. It's like if you actually study how clothing drapes over um, over a one's body, you will find that any look can actually be. It's like it doesn't. You don't even have to show anything, and it, it's like your mind just completes the picture, and you're like, oh my god, this looks amazing. You know, it was. It's one thing I would just—it's just that's a little, a little advice I would give to any artist who, who especially draws large breasts—is um, like study fashion and then adapt it because you'll be surprised how good your stuff looks, how good your character looks when she's just in regular clothing, and you're going, "Why didn't I try this sooner?" <laughs> oh, I second that advice. Studying fashion is always, always mm. a win to me. Two weeks ago, um, when you when you messaged me, you brought up an, another thing that I wanted to ask about uh, sure. why I had you here, and it was uh, audience versus versus artists. We kind of talked about this a little bit on mm-hmm. you know being able to draw what you want and realizing potential and, and not losing people. But mm-hmm. you also said that uh, occasionally the audience will ask for something, and once they seem to get it, they don't really want it. Is sort of the vibe I was getting. Um, yeah could you elaborate on what you mean yeah that and that's that's kind of going along one of those lines um 
that I mentioned earlier is because uh, because the word essentially the word is that people will say is wholesome, you know. Yeah. And again, not to sound, not to be over overtly critical, but it's like sometimes I wonder, do they even know what the word actually means? <laughs> is um, because they will say wholesome, and then they will describe a, a scene that is like sexually charged, and <laughs> and I what I mean by that is like, let's be perfectly honest, there's nothing really wholesome about you know. Um, exposing yourself let's put it that way <laughs> there's nothing really wholesome about that it's like wholesome would be um an interaction that's loving caring you know that's uh that's be- between you know individuals that a really human moment between individuals that is what wholesome is you know yeah a mother I, th- and son, I think you father, can have that though you know a wholesome father, moment in, yeah in, uh, father, well i mean i mean i'm not saying intimate not not intimate but it's like you could definitely have wholesome and intimacy at the same time yeah yeah it's just like i'm saying wholesome is not being completely naked and sitting on a dude's face (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's okay that is not wholesome no no it's like that's what i mean so you're kind of going like oh i was like because i i would see it in some comments i was like okay so this chick is completely naked and sitting on this dude's face and i'm seeing the word wholesome being thrown around in the comment section i'm like you keep using that word. I do not think you know what it means. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, eh, you know, but, um, but, but in regards to, uh, so it's like, cause I, or at least, cause at least I define wholesome as something different, you know, it's like, so, um, like for instance, one of the things, uh, one of the things that I, uh, that I work on is, uh, like, it's. It, I guess it's something that I just sort of developed a real appreciation for as I as I get older. Right. Is parents with children. You know, it's one of the it's one of the nicest things to observe, um, because it's it's it is it's nurturing. It's um it's uh, watching you know watching a father you know lift his son up you know watching watching him carry his you know daughter you know watching a mother, you know, take care of her son as, you know, he's crying or something like that, you know, it's like there's something, Family bonds. something very, yeah, something very warm and uh, gripping about it because it's like, you know, you take, like, these, these will be the adults of tomorrow, you know, like, it's great to see that they're being taken care of, you know? Yeah, empathy. Yeah, I, I guess a good way to put it. Um, so, uh, one of the things I've really kind of practice and like again i don't post a lot i like i promise you i post like maybe three percent of the art i actually draw but hmm. um mainly because the three percent i draw is like is very light stuff the problem like i'm saying like stuff i could probably take out in probably an hour to two hours you know oh, okay yeah because i do it because for the sake of getting practice out to post something you know it's just for the sake of getting something out but it's like whenever i really focus on an image it can take me days to do, you know, and um, as a result, a lot of stuff is kind of unfinished, but it's just sitting there in my uh, art art folder, and I just kind of browse it over whenever I opened up open up Psy, and I say, okay, I can work on this a little bit more, you know. It's it's it is probably my fatal flaw as an artist is that all my best stuff is taking a lot of time, you know, and um, isn't, isn't that a, isn't that normal? <laughs> uh yeah maybe i can only speak for myself though so okay yeah uh but the uh so it takes it takes a lot more time for me to actually do uh like do a lot of our work like every so often i'll post a piece that has a bit more work put into it and um and it, you could tell the difference you know it's night and day um but uh but it's like it, it's worth to me. It's worth it for spending, giving it the time it it, desi- it desires, it needs. You know, because you find yourself, you find yourself. I think I find that those are the images that you learn the most of. You know. Yeah. Um, on the other side of that, though, it's very hard to make money when your art takes so long. You know, and it was. I think that was one of the hardest things I had to learn. You know, as being an artist, because I was um, I was um, self-employed artist for the better part of four years, maybe. 
It's um, a hard road being stuff. It is a very hard road. Yeah. And then I eventually, you know, got a, got jobs. Uh, I, I went through about two jobs before I got to where I'm at now. The thing is, working retail, it's like, while it's, while it's great because you can get inspired by the store around you, you know, your environment, your observations, mm-hmm. dealing with people, especially management who treat you like garbage, can really, like, push you in the wrong direction. So I was, like... um. Funny enough, when co excuse me, when COVID started, yes, uh, excuse me, um, uh, I got furloughed, so uh, I lost my job, uh, and then uh, prior to that, uh, well, my mom passed away. But mm, the um, the thing is, in that at that moment, like I was after she passed, I uh, I hit this part, this portion in my life where I um. Where I, 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 it was like I felt like I had no direction, you know. And so when I got furloughed, I just didn't care at all, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but, and it's like I was just kind of like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, it's what I because it was in it was kind of one of those moments where, one of those real moments where you just kind of sit back and you just really consider every every option you have the thing is i didn't want to do anything at the time you know i was just kind of like there this is the end of me you know um but something happened and i um i uh i uh i was able to uh i was able to purchase something that i had been wanting ever since i was a teenager right okay so i so i did the thing is when I got it, uh, it required work, so I took it to somebody to get it worked on, and this was in May. Okay. I still haven't gotten it back. Oh man! And so it, it's big work. It's a, it's a, it, like well, it's something that I feel that I was just like, okay, well, this shouldn't have taken as long as it has has, and I was like, okay, so it was a car. Let's be perfectly honest. It was a car. It was a. It was very cheap for a car and I was just like, let me go and let me make sure this runs properly before I, you know, do anything else. Yes. Um, but as it was going by, I was getting more and more frustrated. And it's like, and as I was getting more and more frustrated, I started writing, like just actually writing, putting down, typing up uh, documents. And I was, and I remembered a, sto- a story that I had in my mind um, for a couple years. This is like the first time I really kind of sat down and, actually wrote it out because there was so much of it that was in my head but i'm actually writing it down and putting it to paper rehearsing it and seeing how it goes but as i was writing it's like my mind kept going back to the car you know it's like because (laughs) at this point they've had it longer than i've had it and i'm just like i'm i was so upset you know that i just kind of on a whim i just went out for um a drive and i uh I, as I was driving, I noticed like, wait a minute, there's a there's a college right there. So I pulled up into the college and I interviewed the person. I walked through it, and uh, I currently decided to go to school to become an auto tech because I said, mm. after all of this, I want to be able to know what's going on with my own car. You know, it's like I'm not going to trust anybody else anymore to do like these bigger projects because because I feel like I'm cheating myself by not learning how to do it. You know? Wow. Yeah. So. That's a lot of initiative right there. So took... I was like, yeah, so, because, and, and what, but just by, just by that emotion right there, it just dawned on me. I said, I was cheating myself for a good portion of a lot of, you know, because like I, I said before, I was sort of falling out of love with the fetish, you mm-hmm. know, and it was like, that's what it was. I was essentially cheating myself. Um, and that's why I was falling out of love with it because I was only, I was doing, just what the audience you know would want me to do you know and i wasn't even beginning to consider what i actually wanted to do you know it was just kind of like i'll just draw an oc flavor of the month and then you know post it and then whatever and i realized i wasn't like my heart was slowly leaving it and that's like i knew I'm like listen i'm an artist at my core you know right. it is it is like there's no doubt in my mind that i will always be drawing you know from to the point where my hands break, and then I'll probably learn to draw with my mouth, you know. But um, I love artwork, you know. Uh, but without um, without 
but I was just going like, when it's all said and done, not having enough money to support myself was ultimately pushing me in that direction I didn't want to go because I was just so desperate for the fan interaction that uh, it was basically like killing my artistic drive, mm. you know? So I said, okay. But uh, the thing is, I um, when I enrolled in school, you know, this is gonna, it's uh, it's going to be a a short course, probably uh, probably about eight months, you know, a little more than eight months, depending on testing and how long you know COVID and stuff. Right. But when I get out of this class, I should be you know ASC certified, which means I'll be able to work on vehicles. And um, and uh, my instructor, like, God bless this man, he's real inspiring. But he's like. Listen, because he because he worked as he worked in the field for 35 years. You oh, know, okay. he's he's got he's got like almost nothing that we come up with and speak to him about. Does he not know? You know, does can he not figure out? So uh, the thing is, he pointed out. He said, "Guys, listen. When you get out of here, if you're not making you know six figures within three to five years, then I don't know what to tell you. You mm-hmm. know. So it was like that's when I that's when I knew. You know, because. Sure, the hours will be long, but I'll be working with something I like, cars. I do love cars. Right. But I also will have financial stability to be able to further pursue the artwork, you know? And it's like, it's like, uh, nobody said I had to take income from just one source. That's, <laughs> you that's know? true. So, so it's like, so I just went to this point of, yeah, well, um, so it's like, and I'm, I'm lucky because uh, homework and stuff for the class, it's very light, you know. Uh, so I get plenty of time to actually practice my art when I'm not working on schoolwork. But it's like the drive is it's back. But um, one of the things that I was uh, realizing was uh, when it comes to t- kind of going back to, you know, fetish artwork. Right. Yeah, and now right, going a mile a minute here. But um, getting back to fetish artwork was there are things that I like and there are things that I don't like, you know, and realizing that means that I can't be, you know, a Jack of all trades, you know, if, in fact, there's a song lyric that goes, you can't run to every new thing under the sun. You'll be a Jack of all trades and a master of none, you know, bars. And, uh, hmm? I said bars, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was the thing. And I realized like, I, there's, there are things that I can um, that I can do, but it's like this is why I don't really do artistic trends. You don't really see me post a lot of stuff on artistic trends. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, if you watch me, <laughs> mind you. Uh, but there are um, like you won't see a lot of trends from me just because, like, I don't feel like the desire to do such things, you know. Um, but every so often, I'll crank you know something out. Um, but it's uh, the the thing is I want I like I want to like there are things that I just want that I want to draw things that I like and um I will also say and again this is nothing against you know my fellow you know large breast artists you know the people who you know who draw exceptional sizes we'll say okay um it's just I had an experience with a a large busted woman like nothing like you know risque just a hug and it kind of it, it kind of ruined me on the larger <laughs> sizes because the thing is she had to motion around them and i was just kind of like oh these are solid masses and i was like oh no the way i've been drawing the larger sizes they're started like the the fabric of reality started to break oh no and i was like and i but i was like it was just a hug, and I was like, now every time I try to go beyond a certain size, my mind says, you know how that feels, and I was like, oh no! It's like, it doesn't work, my logic is broken! <laughs> <laughs> and so, so as a result, I haven't been drawing nearly as big sizes as I as I used to, you know? Strange how but, that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. So, and the thing is, there are some people that do try to interact with me, but by sending me, you know, these really huge sizes and everything. And it doesn't have as much as an effect on me as it used to. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like, I just kind of say, oh, that's nice or something. Cause I don't want to be rude. Yeah. But it's you just like, I want to uh, take the artwork or, or the picture and then just sort of, 
yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it is like and it's never it's never anything bad because it's usually very well done art, you know. And I just kind of it's it's weird because in some of the bigger sizes that I see now, I just kind of look around the picture as opposed to at the picture because I'm just kind of like okay, past this size, like it starts to break my head just be, all because of a freaking hug. But it's like at the same time. I could sort of, I'm sort of thankful for it because um, she was, she was being very, she was being very polite, um, but like, let me, I can't, I can't really describe what she had to do, but she came in for the hug and that she had to come shoulders first, essentially, mm. because she had so much mass up front that she had to sort of like put, press the top of her chest against me to get into the hug, you know, like she couldn't actually. Let me put this way: she couldn't get her arms around me and her bust. Let's put it that way. And so, so she had to sort of finagle her way around it. So, the thing is, in my mind, it was like, oh, you actually have to work around them, you know. And as a result, it's like it just it shifted everything how I perceive them, you know. So as a result, I'm kind of operating with. A more moderate size. They're still big, mind you, but they're still they're still a moderate size because whenever I start to inject any form of realism in, uh, is like I go back to that moment, you know. Yeah. And it's like I can't go beyond a certain size just because re- my own experience refuses to let me go beyond it, you know. And um, it's like I've been trying to figure out a polite way to say that to people because. Like, because you know, people hear the idea that a, a big boob artist doesn't want to draw big boobs anymore, even though I still do. They're like anything smaller than the largest size that they've seen is like sacrilege. So you, uh, Ugh, so you're kind that's of like the worst. Jeez. So you're like, I still draw big sizes. It's just not. It's just not as big, you know. Um, but uh, the the thing is, uh, I've sort and the thing is, I'm uh, sort of getting a good sort of um, feel for a lot of it. Um, because it's like once you go past a certain size, you sort of have to change the style. Hence, why I created. I'm working on it. It's another project I'm working on because I still like every so often I will draw one of those bigger sizes just because. But I realize it can't exist in my other canon. You know, it simply can't just because of its overall size. So I just kind of like created a separate canon for it. You know, um, so it's like. A myriad of different projects I'm thinking of, of course, but uh, that's just something that I do every so often, just because every so often is fine, you know. Right? Yeah. You it's like every often is fine. I just want to do it all the time, you know. Don't want to do it all the time. You've you've grown and and developed a lot. Um, so I I wanted to say uh, we are a, a little bit over the the hour peak here been speaking for a while here yeah i just um, told you yeah that, no that's that that's fine it's been informative i've learned a lot more to say. and, and <laughs> that's usually how it goes uh, uh-huh. when we get to the end of these so i'm i'm i can imagine i'll probably have people on multiple times but i did mm-hmm. want to say before i close out here um this is the block that we use for uh, self-promotion so mm-hmm. um I, I know we mentioned uh, engagement so it might help if a lot of people know where to find you we've had an interesting conversation today and i'm sure people want to hear more and see some of your artwork so do you have any uh links ats patreon twitter deviantart anything that you want to plug this is the time to do it oh absolutely well uh let's go down from the list if you actually want to support me monetarily then uh patreon slash uh n-e-m-e 303 uh, that's Patreon slash Nemi three hundred three. That's where you can do that. Uh, I will say on the Patreon, you will see mostly works for my comic project that I'm doing, um, which has a completely different art style than. Um, well, I say completely different, a, a different proportioned art style than what I'm usually doing, but it still looks. I think it looks good. It's a love letter to Shonen, so it's a. Um, it's a it's a basically a fantasy story, which is a love story, a love letter to Shonen, and um, you get to see all the developmental work that I'm doing on it. Uh, I will start posting um the uh, 
sketch parts uh, of it soon. Um, so if you're very interested in that, you can always support me there. Uh, plus, you will see some of my regular artwork as well, there because I'm developing everything all at once. So it's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, my Twitter is, uh, is again, uh, Nemi303. Uh, you can always find me. Uh, find me there. I post there almost every day. Something. You'll see anything, uh, really. Um, you can also get me at DeviantArt, again, Nemi303. Um, that's, again, I post more completed works there. On Twitter, I post some usual sketches that I'm just kind of like, you know, whatever, here's something. Um, and then I have uh, Fur Affinity, uh, but this time it's Fur Affinity uh, slash Nemesis Prime 99, hmm. which was my original name, but because of copyright, I just shortened it to a third, so Nemesis Prime 909 became Nemi 303. So... Oh, that's, that's where the name comes from. That's, cute. <laughs> that's that's why that's why it's pronounced Nemi as opposed to Nemesis. But uh, yeah, so yeah, those are my uh, those are my uh, how you can get a hold of me. And um, yeah, I uh, it's like <laughs> I hope you enjoy the content that I produce. And if you do enjoy, tell me because <laughs> like, I because uh, again I find it very hard to believe that I'm some people's favorite artists but you know i think you're about to become a a lot more people's favorite artists i want to definitely thank you for uh, coming on the show today and and speaking to me Uh, thanks for reaching out i think we've had a good conversation and to all the listeners thanks for listening and we'll see you next time yeah bye-bye